Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Here we go again. A big thanks to Joel and Fletch. By the way, Ra from Sylvania, you're the winner of the Brecky Show's tickets to the BBL final tonight. The Sydney Sixers versus the Brisbane Heat. And we've got a double pass as well to give away over the next three hours. So be part of the show. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Keep on listening and I will give you a question to answer. And I want your thoughts around a couple of issues and the best of the callers today. You've got a call to be in with a chance to win. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The best of the callers We'll get a double pass to tonight's matchup, the semi-final. So the last crack before heading over to Perth on Saturday and taking on the final itself. And the forecast for Sydney, it's going to be sunny and hot. So 30 degrees for the city, 34 in our west. No sign on the forecast of anything later on today, which has been happening over the course of this week, anything weather-wise, that is. So let's hope that we get through an entire matchup tonight and the rain stays away and there's no dramas. That'll be the best outcome. More BBL news in just a sec. NRL news, let's start there. 28 days. So we're taking over the pages and clicking them over of the calendar. We're down to 28 until the start, uh, the start of the 2023 Premiership season. As we know, Lockie Miller is now at the Newcastle Knights. So he's left the Cronulla Sharks and he's up there in Newcastle. It is a three-year deal signed till the end of 2025 Well, I'm pleased to say that this morning in about 25 minutes time, Lockie Miller will be my special guest on the program. What a story he's had from Australian Sevens to the NRL to the Sharks under Craig Fitzgibbon and now a swap deal up there in Newcastle and a little bit of drama that was sort of left behind him with Dykes, of course, which we touched on yesterday. But it's a new part of the Lockie Miller story, this one, and looking forward to that chat. Meanwhile, Liam Martin out there at the Panthers has re-signed on a one-year deal. So he debuted at the Panthers back in 2019. He's 25 years of age. He's edging towards 100 NRL games. He's represented New South Wales. He played in the World Cup final for the Kangaroos. So five matches for Australia. And they've done a short-term deal here, just the one-year deal, which had a lot of people thinking, well, hang on a second, why? He's clearly a future part of the club. He's an absolute star of the game and the club itself. Why just the one deal? Well, here's a line that caught my eye this morning, and it came from Panthers CEO Matt Cameron. We look forward to continuing discussions with Liam's management about future seasons now that the salary cap position has been ratified by the NRL as part of the ongoing CBA negotiations. I went, whoa, hang on a second. Did I wake up a bit late this morning? They've signed off on the salary cap. I thought that they were on the at the table still. And I read here that they did this deal and are hopeful of doing further years now that the salary cap position has been ratified by the NRL as part of the ongoing CBA negotiations. That's the quote from Matt Cameron, the CEO of the Penrith Panthers. That's how he's being quoted. So let's take that as a given. So I reached out 
this morning to the Rugby League Players Association and just double-check that. Has the salary cap been signed off? You know, the answer is no. It hasn't because it's one part of the CBA negotiations. Clint Newton sent me a text this morning saying we haven't agreed to the salary cap because it's only one part of the CBA. But he also pointed out, and this is critical, he pointed out it's not because the players want it higher, it's just not been agreed to. So take that as you will. Does that mean that it's ratified? Does that mean that it's the Panthers are saying or club bosses are saying that it's been signed off and therefore we can look towards doing further deals? But, I mean, the bottom line here is it hasn't been signed off. It has not been signed off. And that text exchange was just moments before I came on air this morning. So guaranteed, folks, it hasn't been signed off in the last 20 minutes. So we're doing deals here without really a salary cap position being ticked off. Perhaps it's not going to go anywhere. We know the figure's been put out of 12 point, uh, 12.1, I think it is, or 12 and a bit. I mean, it's hard to see that going back throughout these negotiations, but a little bit of clarification is uh, is always good. So that's the situation there. Do you find it a little bit weird? Because I do. I, I understand that that clubs need to do deals and I understand that players want deals. And we've we've shown before um, the Marty Tapao case, for instance, there are short-term deals to be done under the limbo salary cap that we're in. And when it comes to Lockie Miller, for instance, it's a clear swap. There's a player swap deal going on there, so it takes away all that. But at the moment, there are still deals being done under the guise of the salary cap appears to have been ratified when it hasn't been officially signed off. What a mess. What a mess. The Daily Telly coaches survey, so part two of it this morning, the two questions and answers that popped up for me uh, are probably the ones I reckon that popped up for you. Should the game have a window at the end of the season for internationals? Coaches say yes on the whole 96%. You betcha. No brainer. NRL, we know they want to do that. I reckon that's not too far away. Should all commentary and criticism related to the performance of a referee by coaches be banned? Should they continue just not... You cannot say anything about the referee's performance when you're a coach. Well, essentially three quarters of coaches said no. 67% no. Of course it shouldn't. Of course it shouldn't. The integrity of the referees, no, don't question that. And if you cross the line in the heat of the moment, then pull them back. Find them, do whatever you got to do. Smack them down. Just say that that isn't part of it because would a referee question your integrity as a coach? No. And if he did or she did, should you be pulled back? Yeah. But should that be a blanket ban on saying anything about the performance of a referees and worrying about 25 grand here and 10 grand there? No, 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 no. Let me know your thoughts around that one. We don't want open slather. There, do, there does need to be a few controls, I guess, and protocols around it. But I think our coaches are big enough and smart enough and more experienced enough to not have shackles put on them when they go to a press conference. You talk about giving us insights and getting reach of the game and having the old Netflix documentary drive to survive effect. Every sport wants it. Well, guess what? Open it up a little bit and let our coaches say what they think. They know when they're going to cross the line. So let our coaches say what they need to say, especially in those post-match press conferences. You know why? Because it's good for us. That's why. (laughs) Let's face it. You want to see a coach 
blow his top. There's no doubt about that. Now, a couple of uh, BBL stories around and cricket stories. Steve O'Keefe, Socky's going again, folks. He's re-signed for another season with the Sixers. So next season will be his and the game's 13th of the Big Bash League. 93 games, 90 wickets, 397 runs with a high score of 58. They're the facts and figures. But everybody will be looking at Socky's age. He's now 38. He'll turn 39 in December. Dan Christian is retiring this season. So whether it's tonight or Saturday night, Dan Christian's calling it quits. And he's at the age of 39 now. So one of the great things about the BBL is that it's allowed players to continue and earn a wage. And it's allowed players like Steve O'Keefe, who obviously does a lot of stuff here and we love him, but so do the crowds, so do the fans. It allows him to continue on in this space for another year. If the BBL and T20 hadn't have been around and possibly the stress on his body, I mean, he's a spinner, so he's not going to do all that damage that other uh, athletes will do, but there's Socky going again, so congratulations to him. Meanwhile, Usman Kawaja, hang on a sec, we missed that. We were focused on the bags of coffee in Manus's kit getting over to India. We forgot about the fact that Usman Kawaja couldn't go. A visa issue. He saw the lighter side of it on social media. Um, but it appears, of course, that because he was born in Pakistan, there was an issue with his visa to fly to India. A lot of people are saying, well, hang on a second, wouldn't they be on top of that? Um, I think from what I read this morning, the all the paperwork was put in through Cricket Australia throughout the Sydney test and you never know where it's going to end up. So everybody got the tick, but Usman Khawaja hasn't. But he will now, today, travel from Melbourne over to India with some of the other support staff that haven't gone. The rest of the team flew out on Tuesday after the Cricket Awards on Monday night. So thankfully, Usman Khawaja, it appears as though that's all been sorted, and off he goes over to India. But just um, an unfortunate consequence of what happens sometimes when you put a visa application in. And in Usman Khawaja's case, it obviously goes back to his place of birth. The NFL. So Tom Brady has done it again. The reverse sock. That's what he's done. He's announced his retirement. And this time it's for good. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured... I just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Maybe in 40 days I might. Just a little disclaimer. <laughs> because do you know what? His retirement announcement last year came on the 1st of Feb. So it's the 1st of Feb over there. The day, it was 12 months to the day that he last announced his retirement. He's announced this one. It was 40 days after he announced his retirement last year that he came back. So March 13, uh, I believe, was the date that he said, yes, I'm coming back. So there's a lot of fans out there who would have seen that and go, yep, he's done it this time. But there will also be a lot of fans who will be going, okay, look, what happens on March 13? <laughs> Let's just double check that one. But, I mean, the numbers are sensational.
Seven Super Bowls, six with the Patriots, and one, of course, with the Bucks. Four Super Bowl MVPs. Three regular season MVPs. Most career touchdowns, 649. He has the most passing yards. So 89,214 is the final figure. I mean, the numbers are astronomical. And obviously, when you get to the age and the stage that he has, um, you're going to sort of rack up those numbers as well. So he's retired for good. Do you believe him? Are you prepared to back him in for actually going through with this one? And let's not forget there's a roughly $500 million our money TV deal that he signed for the next 10 years. Oh, boy. It's 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 just next-level stuff. It's stratosphere stuff. All right. Now, let's dig into this issue first up this morning. Novak Djokovic, the dodgy hamstring, the dodgy hamstring. It appears as though it was worse than what was speculated throughout the two weeks of the Australian Open. And Craig Tiley has set this one alight. We know, of course, the Australian Open boss on SEN Sports Day with Jared Healy and Kane Corns. This is what Craig Tiley outlined. At the end of the day, I don't think anyone can question his athleticism. This guy, I did see, he had a three-centimeter tear in his hammy. He had a tear last year in his stomach. And, and all those... So are you, say, are you saying there was a... There was a tear in, in the hammy. You absolutely. saw the scan. Yep, absolutely. And the doctors are not going to tell you. They're going to tell you the truth. And and uh, and so he, you know, I think there was a lot of speculation of whether it was true or not. And it's hard to believe that someone can do what they do with those types of injuries. But but I, you know, he's remarkable. He's, he's he and to deal with extremely professional. He's so focused on everything that he does, every single minute of the day, what he eats. How he, what he drinks, when he does it, how he does it. Um, there's no breakdown, no mental breakdown ever in anything that he does. And he's been through a, a lot. And, uh, and to win 10 Australian Opens, uh, I don't think that's ever going to be repeated. So there's a lot in there that we can say, yeah, it's an absolute given that uh, Craig Tiley's talking about. The 10 will probably never be repeated. The guy is amazing. He's at the next level. But the key there is the three-centimetre hamstring tear. Now, I've done a hamstring. I don't know whether it was one centimetre, two or three, but it bloody hurt and I could hardly walk. Um, and, and as you get to a certain age, they become more and more prevalent. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper on this because it's led us to this. Uh, we were hoping to do this on a Friday, but we need to do it today. So Sugar's come up with this one, Forensic Thursday. Okay, so Forensic Thursday, which means we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this one and give you the facts and figures around what constitutes a partial tear of the hamstring and whether or not you could go through with it. So let's break it down first. From the Sports Medicine Australia website, a grade two hamstring injury is a partial tear. So three centimetre tear, according to Craig Tiley, let's put that in grade two category. Grade two injuries, according to the Sports Medicine Australia website, Grade two injuries will require a minimum of four to eight weeks recovery. And that includes rest from sporting activity. So that's the bottom line of what you need to do according to the sports medicine website. Novak's injury timeline is interesting. We go back to Saturday, January 7. That's when the injury happened at the Adelaide International semi-final. He said, I felt a pulling on the hamstring. I needed some medical timeout. After that, when the pills kicked in, I guess after a few games, it was warm enough. I felt okay. Let's see how it feels when I wake up tomorrow. So we now know that it's a three-centimetre tear. 
Six days later, he plays an exhibition match against Nick Kyrgios. Fast and furious, six days after. Leading into the week of the Australian Open, this is what Novak had to say about his injury. I've been struggling with uh, with that a bit, to be honest, um, the last seven days. But I'm being a bit more cautious. I'm not going full out on on, on the training sessions. So um, you know, conserving the energy for for next week, and hopefully it won't cause a, a, an issue for me then. Uh huh. So then we get to his first match of the Australian Open, Tuesday, January 17. Four days after he plays the exhibition match, he plays his round one match against Roberto Carbea Baena. It takes him two hours and two minutes and he dispatches of him in three sets. Across the course of the Open, he plays his seven matches. He wins the final and wins his 10th tournament here in Australia. Time on court, 17 hours, 38 minutes. Do you believe it or not? Well, I spoke to some medical professionals this morning around whether or not you could go the distance, whether you could play, what you can do with a three-centimetre tear in your hamstring. And it comes down to this, the support team and the treatment that you got. So it depends on what treatment he got, where exactly it was, whether he got a pain-killing injection, and then factor in how strong is Novak psychologically to get over the physical pain. And we know that Novak is strong. So the bottom line that I got from those that I reached out to, it's plausible. It's plausible, folks, that Novak had a three-centimetre hamstring tear and he went through 17 and a half hours of the Australian Open, an exhibition match, a semi-final and a final at the Adelaide International and did it. Did it the whole way with that tear. Matthew Richardson, AFL legend, when he heard that, he said on Twitter, impossible. Fitzy, Ryan Fitzgerald tweeted out, absolute bull. You know what? When he read that news. So that's my question this morning to you on Forensic Thursday. (laughs) You've got all the facts. We've dug a bit deeper. We've done the timeline. We know what the injury can do to you. And we know what type of person and athlete Novak Djokovic is. My question to you this morning, do you believe it? Do you believe that that's the injury that he had? And do you believe that he could have done what he did if that was the injury? According to the medical professionals, it's plausible. And that's where we're starting this morning. 0457 736 736. Or pick up the phone, give me a call. We've got double pass to give away to tonight's uh, challenger in the BBL, the Sydney Sixers versus the Brisbane Heat, one 1170